It's funny when I took a leap of faith The only thing that fell Were things falling in place At times I thought I would fail And fall flat on my face But I'm flying Cause God didn't bring me this far to forsake Fast for 40 days I'm tempted to bite the bait Tempted to win it all Tempted to just embrace My sin nature was calling Lord put it back in its place You brought me too far for me to stray Hungry for your word, haven't eaten all day I'm thirsting for your spirit to wash me away I feel the withdrawals from sin I need to replace And God, I slip and fall, but I promise I'm all in This is not just a phase Lord, I must admit, I get stuck in my ways The sin inside me still that needs to be in the grave But Lord, you set me free, I believe in Jesus' name Lord, search me Do I seek the most high on my lowest of days? Do I speak the truth even when I'm afraid? Do I submit to your will in all of my ways? Anything you deem unfit, replace I know I may slip, but you've given me grace And God, I know my faith isn't just a golden ticket to happily ever after I know it's bigger than uh, attending a chapel Listening to the pastor, flipping through a couple chapters And only praying over food and after disasters It's gotta be deeper than that I want life, life more abundant That's the reason Jesus came through Lord, I need you to lead me on this journey to break through What's up, Rock family? What's up, Rock family? Happy Sunday. I'm Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock. We want to welcome everybody in all the campuses, all the people watching around the world. We are in day seven of our 40-day fast. Please, if you haven't started, you can still start. There's still a bunch of days left. Text FAST to 52525. Get resources. Check out the sermon from last week. And if you've been fasting for seven days, I know God's doing something in your life. Ooh, it's going to get deep. Still got 33 more days, but that's, those days, that's how long Jesus lived. Just a coincidence. But I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. Let's pray. Let's get on our knees and pray. It's going to be awesome. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done in the last week. And I pray you continue to make it clear that there would be a breakthrough in our lives. I pray there would be multiple breakthroughs in our lives. And I pray today would be a critical day that you would teach us how to take a Sabbath. Teach us to rest. Teach us the importance of rest. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Word, word. Come on now, church. Turn to Exodus, second book of the Bible. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Not only am I excited about the fast, but I'm really excited about what I'm going to talk about today. Um, as I was preparing for today, I'm thinking, man, this could be a two, three-week series, but I'm going to try to cram it all into one. Um, in recent years, uh, especially since 9-11, we've seen so many movies about terrorists being interrogated and trying to get out of them, you know, what they knew about 9-11 or other terrorist acts. And we've heard about different terrorist uh, interrogation techniques, waterboarding, you know, loud music for days on end, bright lights, etc. But one of the most effective and borderline torture techniques is keeping people awake for a long time. 180 hours with their hands chained above their head. Again, this is just in the movies. I'm just saying, the movies. But obviously these techniques were designed to bring so much pain, people would confess to get uh, the torture or to stop. And 
when you deprive someone of sleep, sleep deprivation is one of the most punishing uh, forms of torture. It could get to the point where it is torture because it, it impacts the core of our biological systems, emotional, mental. It's even worse than cutting off a finger, the effects long-term of cutting off a finger. I wonder how many of you are torturing yourself because you fail to rest. You fail to take a Sabbath. As we are in our, finishing our first week of our fast, I want to talk about a Sabbath and that you would institute a regular time of rest in your schedule. The series is called Journey to Breakthrough. We're going to talk today about the power of Sabbath. Now, let's, let's do a little review. A breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through an obstacle. We've been praying that through this 40-day fast, God would break through some spiritual stronghold in your life, wrong thinking pattern, an unbiblical belief system, that as you're praying and fasting, God would change the way you see the world, change the way you see yourself, change the way you see him, change the way you interact with God, change how you understand the Bible. There would be a breakthrough and you would, as a person, become a different person. You will become more like Jesus. That's what we're fasting for. And only you and God can decide what that breakthrough is or those breakthroughs, those spiritual strongholds, plural, that are going to be broken. And one of the main things you have to learn is to take a Sabbath to rest, cease from work or struggle. This is going to be a fascinating topic for many of you because you think, well, that's the Old Testament. I don't need to take a Sabbath. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so we're going to talk about Sabbath. Again, we're going to, a time where you cease from work or struggles. So let's look at a few things about Sabbath. Number one, a Sabbath rest is an act of obedience because it is commanded. It is commanded. Exodus 20, verse 8, look what it says. Remember the Sabbath day, it is holy. It is a, one of the ten commandments. Okay, not a suggestion, it's a commandment. Number two, the Sabbath rest is an act of worship because it is holy. What does it say in Exodus? We just read it. Remember the Sabbath day because it is holy. It is a holy day or supposed to be a holiday where you are going to worship God. It is commanded that you take time on a regular basis to spend time focused on God. It is commanded that you take time on a regular basis to cease from your work, cease from your toil to focus on God. Now, going to church is not necessarily your Sabbath. Now, they should be, but just because you get up and go to church does not mean that day is a Sabbath day. You could be checking the box and spending the rest of the day doing a bunch of stuff that's work. Okay, so we're going to get some, we want to get some perspective on here. Okay, next, um, Sabbath rest, Sabbath rest was made for our benefit. We're going to see that in a minute. It was made for your benefit. Think about the terrorists. Man, that dude would love to get some rest. Sleep was a blessing. How many of you love getting a good night's sleep? I love getting a good night's sleep. I get a good night's sleep 50% of the time. The other 50%, I'm up all night. I'm struggling with sleep apnea stuff. I'm waking up. I, I took a sleep apnea test and my throat closed up. They, they, they wired me up all night. And for 21 seconds, I didn't breathe. I didn't know it, 
but I'm waking up four times an hour. Oh, just waking up, waking up. I don't get a good night's sleep. And when I get a good night's sleep, everything's different. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. So the Sabbath rest was made for your benefit. Look what it says in Mark. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And we're not worshiping the day. We are taking advantage of the day. We don't worship sleep. We, we take advantage of sleep. Sleep was given for us to rest. Um, letter D, Jesus is our ultimate Sabbath rest. Look what it says in Matthew. It says, Jesus said, come to me and all you labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Now, I'm not just going to give you rest. rest. I'm going to give you spiritual rest. Where you are at peace. The world can be falling apart. You're at peace. I remember when I was cut from the charges the second time and the final time. Lost my job. I had peace. I prayed for my coach. I had peace. God, I had rest. I'm good. It's not circumstances. Jesus. Now, I want to tell you two kinds of Sabbath that are referred to in the Bible. I want you to track this with me because there's a creation Sabbath and then a redemptive Sabbath. Now, it doesn't mean they're two different things. They're two different perspectives on the same thing. I'm going to say that again. They're not two different things. They're two different perspectives on the same thing. Look at this. Look what it says. It says a creation Sabbath. This is an exodus, okay? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We just read that. Six days you shall labor and do your work. And on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Now, this is not meaning, this does not mean uh, that you have to take Sunday. That's the letter of the Lord. I got Sunday is a holy day. I got, no, no, no. It just means you're going to work for a period of time and then you're going to rest. You're going to work and then you're going to rest. So check this out. It says, it continues, it says, in it you shall do no work. Work. No toil. No toil for personal gain and benefit and building your empire. No work. Nor shall your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is in your gate. Nobody. Everybody shut it down. And then it says, for six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in it and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and day, and it is hallowed. Okay, principle. When God made the heavens and the earth, he said, I'm going to, listen to what I'm saying. This is a creation Sabbath. This is a creation perspective. God made everything, and guess what? He said it's good. And then he said, but it needs to rest. God made the heavens and the earth. Even before sin was on the earth, it needs to rest. Rest is biblical. Rest is necessary. Cease from toiling. Cease from working is biblical. If you do not rest, bad things happen. Remember, remember, this, the Sabbath is for you, for your benefit. Watch this. Look at all these benefits. When you rest from work, you reduce stress and inflammation in your body, reduce the risk of heart disease, you boost, boost your immune system, restore mental energy and productivity, increases creativity, increases focus, improves short-term memory, adds years to your life. You'd be amazed at how many people who are old people, they'll say, I take a nap every day. Man, I tell you, I love naps. I don't get to take them as much as I should, but Lord, have mercy. Can I get an amen that a nap is awesome? 
boom. 25 minutes, boom, feel like a new man. Bam, new woman. Check us out, quality of sleep. If you have quality sleep, reduces stress, uh, restores hormone balance, repairs the body, improves circulation, immune systems, your brain is cleansed, forms and stores memories, healthier heart, improves memory. Why? Why does it improve memory? Because your brain forms and stores memories when you have a good night's sleep. Sleep, I mean, sleep is great for you. What is the point? That forget, forget the spiritual aspect of the Sabbath. There is a natural aspect of the Sabbath. Whether you believe in God or not, you need to rest. You need to take a Sabbath. Whether you believe in God or not, you need to rest. So when you think of Sabbath, don't think it's some Jewish thing. Think of God has baked into the system this need to be restored, renewed, and rest. So now there's a redemption Sabbath. This redemption Sabbath has a spiritual connotation. Watch this. Second time the Ten Commandments were written, Deuteronomy chapter 5. It says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. What does the Sabbath day have to do with being delivered from Egypt? Because what God says, I am going to deliver you from slavery, from bondage. And I'm going to bring you to a land of milk and honey. Good and plenty, a land of rest, the promised land. The promised land was always prophetically speaking of heaven, of deliverance, of salvation, a place where God prepared for you to rest. There's going to come a day when we are in heaven. Look what it says in Revelation 14, 13. I heard a voice in heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, people who are of faith. Now, this is people of faith. Remember, the first one was creation. Just all people, no matter who you are, rest is good. These are for the people of faith who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Remember the Bible says, Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest. Our rest is in the Lord now and in heaven later. Whenever we Sabbath, not only are we renewing our body, our brain, our cells, <clears throat> our hormones, our memory, we're also prophetically looking forward to and acknowledging that God has promised us an eternal rest. I'm going to say it again. Whenever you Sabbath, you are not only resting your body, your brain, your mind, your heart, and, and letting it physically renew, letting, the, letting your brain renew, your body renew, letting your cells repair you are also prophetically acknowledging God is taking care of me. God has a place for me. There is an ultimate spiritual rest. So your Sabbath day, whenever you take a Sabbath, needs to have two components. It needs to be physically resting. And it needs to be spiritually worship, an act of worship. And if you can take the Sabbath day and however you do it, whether no TV, no social media, whatever, that's fine. No physical toil, that's fine. Go for a relaxing walk, that's fine. That's the physical. That's the creation Sabbath part of it. But what about the redemption Sabbath part of it? 
What about you preparing and reminding yourself that God is taking care of you? God is, has a place for you. God is going to bless you. God has dreams for you. And focusing on worshiping him. You put those two things together and you have Sabbath. It could be a Sabbath hour in addition to your day. Now, I want to look at in the Old Testament how God High, high level, but we're going to drill down to one specific Sabbath period of time, how God laid out, laid out the Sabbath. In the Old Testament, there were 70 prescribed Sabbath days, 70 every year. That's 10 weeks. What does that mean? That number one, they Sabbath every, every week. So that's 52 days. And then they had all these festivals that they had a Sabbath for, which we're not going to get into. But all those festivals had to do with something God did in their life. The Passover, when they delivered from Egypt, the harvest, uh, them, them wandering in booths. All these, these holidays that pointed not only to what God did for them supernaturally in the past, but what God was going to do for them supernaturally in the future. And on those days, they fasted and it added up to 70 days, 10 weeks a year, that they would physically rest, not work, and focus on God. Creation Sabbath, redemption Sabbath. And then every, so every seven days they have, have, a, have, a, have a Sabbath. Then on these holidays they have a Sabbath. And then every seven years they would fast for the whole year. The whole year. You had to trust God in that year. You had to pray to God, God, bring me food, take care of me, protect me, because I can't work. And then every, every seven years you had to fast. And then every seventh, seventh year, remember seven years you had to fast for the whole year? Every time that happened seven times, which was 49 years. Then the year after that, the 50th year was Jubilee. And that's what we're going to talk about. And in Jubilee, I just want to point out a few things. And these should be things you could focus, in, focus on on your Sabbath. The year of Jubilee. Not only did you fast, did you Sabbath all year, you didn't till the ground. You released all your debt. No one owes you anything. If you bought land, you returned it. If you had servants or slaves, let them go free. Everything was released. And here's the thing. Not only did you not toil and you rested. And by the way, you had already rested the year before as well. So this is the two years in a row. Two years in a row. Years in a row. You had to trust God to feed you, sustain you. You had to release burdens and debts and not charge people interest and give and be generous. This was the ultimate picture of heaven. Nothing belonged to you. It was complete trust of God. Check this out. Leviticus 25, 8 to 12. You shall count seven Sabbath years. That's 49 years for yourself. Seven times seven years. And the the time of the seven Sabbath years shall be to you 49 years. Got that? Then it says, then you shall cause the trumpet to, of Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet sound throughout your land and you shall consecrate the 50th year. This is a year after. You already fasted uh, Sabbath the whole year and proclaim liberty throughout the land, all its inhabitants. You shall create liberty, for it, it shall be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return his possessions, and each of you shall return to his family. Give, give back what you got. 
that the 50th year shall be a jubilee to you, and in it you shall neither sow, no plant, nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather grapes of your untended vine, for it is the jubilee, it shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field because God is going to take care of you. Because God forgives, I will rest from guilt and shame and worship. Remember, it's the Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement started the Jubilee year. The Day of Atonement, God has forgiven me. When you Sabbath, remind yourself you're forgiven. They went into the year Jubilee saying, God's not mad at me. If God's not mad at me, I can trust that he's going to take care of me. So one of, the, one of the components of your Sabbath is, yes, you're physically resting, but spiritually you are acknowledging God loves me. He's not mad at me. So I am going to rest and Sabbath from my guilt and shame that I carry around every day. Number two, because God provides our rest from workaholism and worship him. When you take a Sabbath day, you know that God is taking care of you. So don't worry. Don't worry about your paycheck, your food. It's, this is the time to say, Lord, I am resting from worrying. I am just going to trust you because it, I am spiritually acknowledging that you are my provider. You are my provider. Look what it says. Look what it says in Leviticus. It says, and if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? Since we shall not sow nor gather for our produce, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes and you shall eat of the harvest. God's going to provide. You say, well, listen, we're gonna, if we're gonna, not going to eat the seventh year and then we have the jubilee year, God is going to provide for you. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to worry. So when you Sabbath, you have to get your mind off your job. You have to get your mind off planning, strategizing, toiling, and all the energy that you would use to strategize for your job. Use that energy to worship God and acknowledge that he's providing for you. This is the redemption part of your, fast, your Sabbath. It's not that I'm just not going to work. I'm letting it go. God is going to take care of me. And number three, number three, because God owns it all, I will rest from hoarding. And worship. Remember the Sabbath. You can't be strategizing on how I'm going to get more and how I'm going to keep this. No, 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 no. No, no. It's not that you're not going to work. You're not at, you're, you just let it all go. You let it all go. Look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. It says, the land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. God says, listen, you're, you're not a citizen of this place. You're a citizen of heaven. You're not a citizen of this place. You're a citizen of, he of heaven. And so because of that, stop hoarding. So on your Sabbath, confess, God, I, let, I release everything I own. I know it's not mine. Open, just open your hand. Say, God, it's, it's not mine. I'm not trying to hold on to anything. I'm not preoccupied with more. I'm not preoccupied with possession. I release it to you. It's all yours. You're resting your body. Creation Sabbath. Redemptive Sabbath. I'm going to be in heaven one day and I'm not going to own anything. And this stuff is not going to matter. Imagine spending time during your Sabbath acknowledging that. On a regular basis, you're constantly renewing God that all belongs to you. Number four, 
because God is generous, I will rest from greed and worship him. Look what the Bible says. If one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, then you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner that he may live with you. Take no usury or interest from him, but fear your God that your brother may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury with interest, nor lend him food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to give the land of Canaan to you to be your God. Be generous. During your Sabbath, say, Lord, what can I, how can I be generous? How can I not only acknowledge that it's not mine, but how can I act on that? How can I be a blessing to someone else expecting nothing in return? This is a heart issue. This is not a physical issue. It's not, a, it's not you know, your hormones. This is a, a spiritual issue. That God, how can I be generous? How can I be a giver? How can I release my greed of things? How can I be a blessing? This is your Sabbath day. Imagine doing this every week. Imagine these principles, this creation Sabbath and redemption Sabbath are principles every week. And then all of a sudden, every day, you are living like this all the time. Just from your Sabbath discipline. And number five, because God is forgiving, I will rest from holding grudges and worship. Can you imagine if you can Sabbath from having an attitude? If you can take a Sabbath from holding grudges and being unforgiving. You could take a Sabbath rest. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to forgive people today. Can you imagine that? Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, and if one of your brethren who dwells by you becomes poor and sells himself to you. and says, listen, I can't pay you back, but I will, I will serve you for my payment. You shall not compel him to serve as a slave. As a highest servant and a sojourner, he shall be with you and shall serve you until the year of Jubilee. Then he shall depart from you and he and his children and shall return to his own family and he shall return to the possessions of his father for they are my servants who I brought out of Egypt for they shall not be sold as slaves. Here's what God's saying. In the year of Jubilee, everybody's free. You are no longer a slave to sin. Everybody's free. This is heaven. This year of Jubilee was like, I'm giving you guys a foreshadow where I'm going to supply all your needs. There's going to be no debt, no grudges, no need to toil. It's just going to be worship with me and you and we're all going to be family. Everybody goes back, back to their family and everything's equal. Is that heaven? So when you fast, and when you take it, now that you're fasting, when you take your Sabbath days, your Sabbath moments, let go of your grudges. Let go of your greed. Let go of hoarding. Let go of, of you counting how much you own and what you're acquiring and what you, what you have and your, all your wealth. Let it go. Because where you're going, it doesn't matter. You can't take any of it with you. And so what God is telling the Israelites here is, look, this stuff one day is all going to be over. So I'm getting you to practice what it's like to be with me. So when we Sabbath, forget that every Saturday or Sunday, just get in a mode where you are physically resting. You're not toiling, but you're not toiling here. And you're focused on what God has done for you. And you're also living prophetically what he is going to do for you when you go to heaven. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray a couple things. Number one, 
that God would set you free. If you're, if you're on your seventh day, you already have experienced some freedom, I would assume. But there is so much more to come in these next 33 days. Now, you may say, I'm only going to fast 10 days. Fabulous. You may say, I haven't started yet. Start today. It doesn't matter. Just do what you can do now. But I'm telling you, make sure in this process you don't get so busy that you just try to distract yourself because you're not eating. That you spend time with God physically restoring Resting, by the way, you should be exercising during your fast, getting the circulation, dry brush your body because skin's going to fall off. Just dying, you want to keep your circulation going. All these things are healthy for you. But you need to focus that this rest, this Sabbath rest, is a prophetic statement of what you believe is going to come to you when you die to be with Jesus. But you must have Jesus as your Savior for that to happen. So let me pray for you right now. Lord God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. And Lord, I pray that, I pray over every person listening that they would be able to rest. Rest from their worry rest from their striving, rest from their competitive spirit to have to outdo other people versus be obedient. And I pray for those people who don't know Jesus as your Savior. Just pray this prayer with me. Pray, Jesus, please forgive me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit for you are my rest. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.